Kia ora and welcome to the Creative Matters podcast, where we have inspiring conversations with New Zealand artists. I'm your host, Mandy Yakich. These conversations are intimate, uplifting and insightful. The guests on the show have absolutely enriched my life and I'm sure their stories will have the same effect on you. Thank you so much for joining me to listen to these amazing people speak about what drives them, the way they work and their personal takes on life. Hello and welcome back to the Creative Matters podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. This week I am speaking with Elliot Collins. Elliot is a text-based artist from Tamaki Makaurau, Auckland, currently living in Taranaki, who works in an interdisciplinary way. And I just didn't want that those boundaries on around my practice. So yeah, I wanted to be able to do it all. Um, I'm pretty greedy. I would do. I do love it all. That's the thing. That's why. Um, greedy or greedy or don't want to be bored. It's a bit of a tricky balance between the two. Yeah. Mm. He incorporates painting, language, photography, installation, and sculpture to discuss ideas of time, memory, and ways we interpret our environment. Elliot is interested in the art that can inform our lives and can be used as a filter or divining tool to see the world we inhabit with greater clarity. I so enjoyed meeting Elliot today and chatting to him in my studio. We discuss his amazing art career of nearly 20 years, how he works and connects ideas as an interdisciplinary artist, how he comes up with the words for his paintings and what they mean to him, and his thoughts on exhibiting and selling his work. And he talks about his latest show, which opens tonight at the Keeper's Cottage in Albert Park, Tamaki Makoto. I hope you can all make it along. And that finishes on October the 8th. Morena, Elliot. Um, Morena, Mandy. It's lovely to have you here in the studio at Murawai. Yes, it's nice to be back in West Auckland as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great, and it's um, oh, it's just always nice to have somebody in the studio on our chairs and, yeah. you know, <laughs> relaxing, not on Zoom, which is always a bonus. Yes. Yeah, so welcome to Creative Matters. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing all about your very interesting practice, which is um, very, um, very complex, really, you know, and has so many different elements. So... Um, being an interdisciplinary artist, you've got your fingers in a few pies. Yes, yeah, I do. And yeah, again, I was just I was listening to last to previous episodes, realizing how like much artists don't really love talking about themselves. So I'm like, good luck. Um, yeah, I've got a yeah. It's a real range of things that I do. It's yeah, a very, yeah. I think I get bored really easily. Yeah, so I have to keep not being bored and thinking up new stuff to stimulate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your childhood? Yeah, I grew up in West Auckland, in Ranui, deep west, um, and in a very non-creative household. It was pretty much, um, I just, I wasn't really talked about. It was a very strange, very probably really normal household, actually. Um, two working parents. Yeah, very standard. I was, I'm the youngest in the family, the only boy with two big sisters. Um, and... 
I think from quite a little young age, I was quite um, quite a strange child. I would I say strange. Someone people say unique or special, but I was I think I was like weird or strange. And art seemed to be the thing which um, which like sort of attached itself to me. Um, and then sort of going through primary school, high school, really started getting more and more involved. It was kind of the only thing I was any good at at high school. Um, didn't excel at most things. Um, wish I had, because you really need, turns out after high school, you really need that stuff. You yeah. really need those, um, the STEM subjects. Um, but I just did the, I did the A, the STEAM, the art subject. But art was the, the main thing that really, um, really stuck. And I was really encouraged. And by, um, by what was seven, four, year 13, um, I had this really, really pivotal moment. I had incredible art tutors, art teachers at high school, but pivotal moment when I think I did work experience for two days at the Auckland Art Gallery with Ron Brownson. Um, and terrified, obviously. He's this giant in the art world. He's he'd been there, since knowing him more now, he'd, he's been there for 100 years. Um, but incredible person, incredible brain. And I keep, it's sort of this, it was the start of me meeting people who didn't teach me how to make art, but how to be an artist or how to think about art or how to be in the art world. And he's got this incredible knack of just looking and perceiving. And um, yeah, he's quite, he can be silly and fun, but he's also really, really sort of, um, he's got this clarity, which is amazing. Mm, yeah, he's a lovely guy, Ron. Oh, that's a lovely thing to be able to experience at, yeah. at high school. It was from from Massey High School to Auckland Art Gallery was a bit, yeah, <laughs> a bit big of a, leap. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And how come you ended up having that kind of work experience? And how did you actually tear it up? Oh, I think it was probably just a careers. No, it was someone. It was one of the careers counsellors or health teachers knew someone who knew someone and said, "Hey, can you just go and tra-? you know?" They just asked me to trail behind. I really was just running around after him for I think I think I got coffee and um I did do one job we had to go down to into the vaults somewhere I can't my memory is very very into the vaults and look at and find titles for artworks it was this wild yeah wild time so mm. yeah it was just a very lucky lucky sort of break. accident lucky break yeah yeah and what were you what kind of work were you doing at that time? I mean, you're you're doing so many different things now. What what were you interested in well, at high school? At high school I was I was doing painting and photography at high school and you know, doing the standard bursary board thing, um, which still happens, not bursary anymore, but still happens. Those boards keep um, running through. But I was also in my my other time, my um after school time, again, still quite weird in high school, I was sort of plastering my walls with all sorts of creation and art and um really you know to my mum's horror my bedroom was a terrible mess of artwork it wasn't dirty I don't think I was a dirty teen um but it was a mess it was actually and it would be cutting out National Geographic's doing some collage I had um all sorts of random things sent driftwood it was quite hilarious now it's a little cringy now but really it was kind of amazing to be able to do that um mm. yeah i think it was a, bit, a little little rebellion from my uh, parents divorce which was quite good that mum let me do it <laughs> <laughs> well that's good one way to process it mm. yeah and um i mean you're obviously at that point really sort of thinking creatively and thinking about art mm. so where did you go after high school um well my career again the the, the one time i went to the uh, the school counselor for something 
um, they said, oh, it'll be better when you leave here. And I said, oh, that's really terrible advice for a 17-year-old. Um, looking back, it's absolutely accurate, and it was. And I think what he was really meaning is, oh, you're going to go to art school. You'll, you know, you'll find your people. Um, and you really do. So I went to AUT for my, um, for my undergrad, which is really incredible. And you do. You turn up feeling very special and unique in about day three. You realize, oh, we're all the same. We're kind of um, – you find your, your crowd. You find your people. Um, and even within that group, you find your real core group, which is quite cool. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's that kind of place where you um, you make long, lifelong friendships, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And so nice for children, to, for kids to come out of high school and then, like you say, go to that place where you're like, oh, everyone understands me. Yeah. Because so often at you in high school, you, say, you know what I mean? And they would say, no, I don't yeah, know what, yeah. that's a weird art thought. Um, and then you get, you turn up at art school and and they go, yes, they yes, and you, they go, yes, and have you thought of this? And they sort of level up and it's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, that was a real pivotal moment, that sort of first week of art school. Mm. Yeah. And what were you doing at art school? Well, yeah, I mean, I did the... Um, and the Bachelor of Visual Art undergrad. So that was just everything, which I love. And that's what I think. I mean, I'm still, I would say everyone needs to go to art school, even if you're not an artist, even if you're not going to be an artist, go to art school because you learn to think and you learn to look at the world differently. And I picked up, you, again, they say you, and they pretty much make you pick up every material, turn it around, you know, move it around on the canvas, move it around on a plate, burn it, taste it. No, maybe not taste it, but well, I'll probably taste it. Um, <laughs> And just to get your head around how you want to be in the world. Yeah. Mm. And you loved it. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. That was, yeah. It's interesting, terrible. isn't it, how some people love it and some people really don't love it. You hear bad stories about how terrible art school is for people. Yeah. They sort of, and they drag themselves through it. I was, yeah, I was the opposite. I would be there early, stay there late. Yeah. I'm quite compliant, so maybe I'm just the, the goody two shoes in me went. Oh, good! I can I can toe the line within these boundaries, and I um I can see results. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't find I needed to push against any system mm. at art school. I think I'd been doing that up until that point, and so the freedom of art school was really really broad. Yeah. yeah, and doing something that you love doing. Yeah, I mean, I might be speaking from privilege that my, my biggest freedom was leaving a, a rugby high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah messy high that's yeah. where my kids went actually <laughs> yeah. it's a good school it's a great school yeah. yeah um so what what kind of work were you creating and and sort of how were you heading had you started to already explore lots of different parts of yeah of your practice then yeah it does start then and looking back it's always really fascinating what you miss what sort of i think and i'm a painter and i think and i would still say i'm a trained painter because i chose painting sort of stream to go through um but I always, and I think I chose painting because they said, oh, you can just do anything. That was really kind of, that was the best, you know, here the photographers, which were very strict. Um, and you've got the sort of um, the printmakers and they've got their file process and their perfection and sort of highly um, restrictive and a very, a very particular type of person as a printmaker. Um, and I just didn't want that, those boundaries on around my practice. So yeah, I wanted to be able to do it all. Um, I'm pretty greedy. I would do. I do love it all. That's the thing. That's why um, greedy or greedy or don't want to be bored. It's a bit of a tricky balance between the two. Yeah. Mm. Week two or three, they said, "Oh, no more words," and um, you're not Colin McCann, which is really good. Of again, all all good advice, and that you take it pretty hard, and then you realise, oh, it's about finding my own thing. Um, but I think I've always painted the landscape. I've always been quite poetic. So even back then, there was always a lot of 
and maybe I was trying to be a bit protesty, but then I realized who I am. I don't have much to protest about. Um, so I just thought, actually, you can be more poetic. You can tell stories. Um, I like, I'm quite an introvert, so I like, but I like, I mean, I love going to parties, but I like sitting in the sort of background listening to people. Um, I hate entertaining. I hate, I hate being the entertainment, but I love being the, I love that sort of engagement. Um, yeah, so it was always sort of overheard conversations little things like that, but lots of just messy paint. I just like putting paint. Again, I do like just putting paint on canvas and mm. I like the process and color and it's very, can be really, really basic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful process. And were you creating abstract works as well as landscape works at that time? Yeah, I was, I think because you get brief, like you get a project brief at art school, you kind of just find your new thing and you find a, each, each process, you find a new avenue and you say actually maybe I want to do a portrait and then you realize you're not that good at portraits but you've done it for the project and you sort of you know you do okay and but it's, it doesn't light you up but so I'm moving more into abstraction more um yeah I think I definitely landed on on that abstraction I, the ideas based art making rather than um figurative painting for a you know mm. to copy a photo yeah yeah so, I mean, you can see that in your practice now that mm. it's all quite sort of ideas-based and you said earlier that often what you end up creating is just in response to an idea yeah. or an observation. So did you, after um, university, what did you do then? After I was released, um, I <laughs> I think it was, re- I mean, in Auckland at the time, it was such a cool time to be... Um, to be making and having a, I had a studio on K Road. I sort of lived that art life. It's really exciting. You go to openings, you know, three nights a week. Um, there was just, there was a cool community. So that actually was really sustaining for a while. So it's quite, it was kind of, that's what you did. It's what you saw. So what you aimed for, you, um, you have, there was artist run spaces. There was random things, projects. You do have, you know, you have a studio with a tiny studio with four mates. Um, <laughs> so this, you know, and you're pay, but you're paying something like you know forty bucks a week or something, um, and you've got your cool cafe job to supplement that, and you're working. You know, it's definitely Midnight Painters Club, um, but that was kind of the like, like the pinnacle of life. That I'd made it. I think that was a really fascinating time to like to go. Oh, this is what I dreamed of doing. Mm, it's, I mean, great. it's super romantic, but it kind of was awesome. Yeah. And did you ever fear that you weren't going to make it and you wouldn't be able to make a living? Oh, yes, I think. But you're, you're instilled at that in art school. Like, you won't, no one makes it. They, they can't, they, they, you won't make it. So they said, one of you will make it, maybe. So I think that was, um, it's kind of good reality check. It's a sad reality check because um, I'm not sure I, I, I mean, I bought it, I, I do understand it, that, that, um, that messaging, but it's sort of, um, could be a little bit more positive. Maybe mm. you won't make it. You won't be like a super famous millionaire. Millionaire, but you might. You might do okay. You might yeah, survive. Yeah. But I think I really. I, but even from that, even from art school, even during art school, having jobs meant you didn't have to um, sell out. You didn't have to do things someone else wanted. You could do your own thing, which is really important. That autonomy of having a part-time job or a full-time, well, maybe not a full-time, a part-time job is really helpful for art because mm. it meant I could just close the studio door and that was my time, my space. I didn't have, I didn't have to answer to anyone because um, you've done that all day when someone wants a, a coffee order. And, yeah. Yeah. You don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've been a full-time artist really your whole adult life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I yeah. 
Which is amazing. I'm, 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 I'm being shy about that, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. So how many how many years? How many? Possibly 20 years. Again, I'm like, how old am I? Possibly <laughs> 20 years. I keep, I keep saying 15 years for about 20 years. Yeah. So um, yeah, and it's it's quite nice to say that now as well because I didn't again those small those big dreams when you're 18 heading off to art school thinking I just want to be able to make art every day and you know and you have and sell it maybe and have jobs and do cool art and know cool people and I sort of have done that which is what maybe quite maybe why these podcasts are quite cool because you get to reflect and you hear Mm. people reflect on them I'm like oh they're Everyone's talking about their things they wanted to do when they grow up and they're doing it. It's quite yeah, weird. It's so good and it's so encouraging to hear those stories. Yeah. And I mean, there are a lot of people I've spoken to on this show that, you know, it's only been the last 10 years maybe that they have become artists. And, mm. you know, not everybody manages to do that sort of from school through university and yeah. and devote their lives to that. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's great it you've done that. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to – it definitely wasn't easy. No. <laughs> There's definitely quitting days, which are, yeah, just just as as um, probably more – happen more often than successful days. But yeah. yeah. And what did you find most challenging about that sort of full-time artist label? Oof. Um Well, it's not really a job, is it? And I, I think that's what's so funny that I'm like, I'm like – and I didn't really ever want a job. That's why it's. I'm like, oh, fine. I got this job I didn't want, which is art. And um, and yeah, I don't know. Expectations, probably managing people's expectations of what it means to make and and do this art thing. Sometimes it's not um, constant work. Sometimes it's sitting and thinking in a room and staring. And sometimes it's going for a walk. And sometimes it's reading a book or just talking to people. Or going, for, you know, actually, the expanded world of art making is quite hard for people who outside maybe don't understand that um, <laughs> that I need to have a conversation with you. Otherwise, ideas aren't going to come, and I'm not going to. Um, that energy, that energy well, that well of stuff that you need to draw on is is pretty empty if you've not done all the other other things. Mm, mm. So true. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people wouldn't really appreciate that. You know, all that thinking time and and being in the right headspace for an yeah. artist. And I mean, they do see the end result, which I think is tricky because, of course, they, they can often if the artwork looks great. They go, "Oh, awesome! This is how did you get here? How long?" Or they just how they just say, "How, how long, long did, did it, it take?" take? Oh, no, that's a terrible question. The rage. I'm like, so often I just say, "Oh, a couple of minutes," just to just to really throw people off. Yeah. Or I say, 38 years." Because, you know, it's taken me, it never does, but. Ah, so yeah. there, you've got your age. There you go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you found it, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's so true. It's what um, Picasso said, wasn't it? He's taken a lifetime to yeah. uh, learn to draw like a child. Yeah. Yeah. It makes And it, when, you, when you do that, it makes absolute sense when you're mm. in it. You're like, I have to unlearn so much. But it's also that whole journey, your entire life that has informed everything you make. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is again hard to explain to someone in a pithy little art gallery opening. You're going, "Oh, this is what's this about?" Oh, well, I was born very young, and you know, sort of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's complex. Mm. But you know, good on you for having such a long, successful career. Thanks. Yeah, I That's think it's brilliant. I hope it. I hope it continues. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm making plans. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. You can tell us about those plans a bit later. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's just start talking about your practice, yeah. your art practice. So you are an interdisciplinary artist as opposed to a multidisciplinary artist. Yes. So we can talk about that. Um, that's how you think of yourself. Mm-hmm. And your practice covers photography, um, abstract, landscape paintings, um, paintings with text, mm-hmm. 
sculptures. You also um, create words on paper. Yeah. And um, and other abstract paintings, and then installations as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite a varied, amazing <laughs> Do it all. practice. Yeah. I'm not sure where you're going to start, but can you start um, and tell us about? Neither do I. I never, I never know where I'm starting. I I think we talked all earlier about you start with the idea and um, you try and respond to it, and all of a sudden the idea says, oh, it's a photograph, and you go, oh, I've got to... And then all of a sudden you've got to have this process of picking up a camera and getting your, your brain back into looking through a viewfinder and, and um, composition and and light, and um, and it's amazing. And then um, you'll I'll sort of do a series, and it'll be... Well, I th- you know, in my brain, I'm like, this is really good. And then the idea will go, and now you also need to have a painting about this. And you're going, oh, I've got to get, now I've got to switch this brain, which is great. And I, and I roll my eyes because it's like this fun, hard stuff um, that makes art interesting to me. I think if, if it was easy, I'd again be bored. So I'd not do it. But um, yeah, the idea's there. And then, which always, always happens first, sometimes even a title will come first. Um, words often come first. I do lots of writing, I don't do much drawing. Um, or much planning or sort of um, drafting, but I'll do a lot of writing and just a lot of. And normal it was it used to it used to be in my notebook because I am of an age where we didn't have I didn't have a cell phone to note things down in. But now it's all in my notes and there's just screeds of random um, notes. I look very weird, so I'll stop because again I can only do one thing at a time, um, as my people are known for, and <laughs> males, my people, You're um, and. So I'll, yeah, I'll just have to be stopped. And especially if the idea comes to me, if I don't take it down, if I don't um, collect it, grab it, hold on to it really tightly, it does just go. I think that's a very, um, it's a thing about creativity I've learned is that you cannot sleep on it. If it comes to, you know, it's you know, 10 o'clock at night, you go, oh, I'll remember this. I'm just a bit, I'm a bit tired. I'll, it'll come to me. And you know that morning that an idea came and left in the night. Yeah. Um, and... So that was, that's that's probably why I'm a bit furious with my sort of recording and note taking. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I think I just I'm interested in materials. I love finding new things. I love um, I love art galleries. I don't particularly. Um, I would much prefer to go to a like an art gallery of a group show or a, um, a collective or something bigger than just an artist's solo show. Just tearing as I'm having ones, which we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I really love the collision of things. I love, um, which is maybe why I like being interdisciplinary artist because I wanted to be a, a solo artist who could have an interdisciplinary practice, which looks like it's drawing on all these different things. I love the way materials talk to each other, um, different formats talk to each other. Yeah, I think I love the conversation between things and not necessarily just the text. Obviously, I write text on my paintings and on some. Um, Give or takeaways and on different things, but I think I love the um, yeah, I love things that chat together and or things that fight or things that um agree all together. I'm, ta- mm. I'm talking very weird esoteric mm. thing, no, but you know, I love so, it. yeah, I, I think, totally yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I think when you go to people's homes and they have different artworks, I think that's that's the best thing is to find um people who just put all their favorite art together. Often, even if it doesn't work, yeah. it really does work because it's just it's a picture of them. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's what we have upstairs, that sort of eclectic collection <laughs> yes. of work that talks to each other, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, which I love. Um, so that's really interesting. I mean, the, the text, you are a text-based mm. artist is, is how you call, what yes. you call yourself. So 
it's interesting because it's not it, you know you're not bound to that you don't feel like every work has to have text in it no which is interesting so um can you explain oh, that can i, I can oh, i think i've been trying for so long to explain this yeah i i think because there's something about the, the talking and the communication thing which um, I'm not very good at. Especially, sta- I'm, I'm terrible at standing in front of a work and talking. So I just think, oh, put the words into the work, um, and then it'll, the painting will explain itself. Um, and then, if it like inevitably it doesn't, because people go, "What's this work about?" And I'm like, it's, "I've written it literally on the painting," or "I've um, I've oh, this is this is a piece of paper you can take away to to really um, pack." And I think it's like it's like how poetry works when people sort of. Um, read a poem and it doesn't quite get you until it sinks in or it doesn't quite it sort of reads the poem reads you or um yeah but I, I think and I've got a little bit of a process with the vinyl lettering and it's sort of a reverse stencil which is my process for making it which I'm not secretive about that's just a um I think that's what's yeah the process isn't really as important as what the um the content or the mm. context of the words mm. I'll often be I'll be painting a picture with the words Ugh, it sounds terrible. I'll be, I'll be. <laughs> the way poetry builds a, a world, um, I like to do those two things. And also because my paintings also have paint and color and light, I still like doing that. So I like. It's almost like this. This is sort of double speak that our paintings are always doing. Mm. They're saying one thing with paint, and they're saying another thing with words. Oh, sometimes they'll blend, or they'll they'll sort of um, refer to each other, but other times they just sort of are quite um, removed. Which yeah, mm, all contrasting. Yeah. So how do you come up with the words? I mean, when you're thinking, are you thinking, okay, I'm going to make a painting with words or are you just kind of exploring your words and then that you take something from that to become part of a painting? Yeah. Um, good question, Mandy. <laughs> Don't ask me this. Um, I, what do I do? It's a bit of everything. Sometimes I'll have, um, I kind of get on a roll with a theme and there'll be, well, possibly for my whole life, there's been just this rolling theme, but there'll be something, things get sort of turned up a little bit more and it'll be a bit more environmental or it'll be a bit more um, a bit more about sadness, it'll be about nostalgia. There's always sort of a theme and then pulling things apart. Um, they're, and they're often quite, they're often quite important things to me, um, which, but I don't like to be too preachy or sort of tell everyone what to think or how to think. So I'll have to, maybe I do that in a poetic way because of that. So I'll, I'll shift it into poetry rather than protest. To make it a little bit more subtle. Yeah, I just think, I just don't like um, people yelling at you about what you should think and how you should feel. But I love people saying, hey, have you seen this? I love, okay, that's why I love when someone goes, have you seen this artist thing? On No, go online, look at this. Or have you, I love getting those little um, way markers to other places. Um I think that was a really, really, that's always the best, which is why I need people in my life to go, oh, because I can't do all the research all the time. But if they go, oh, you need to look at this person or have you seen this movie or um, listen to this song? Like there's always someone going, oh, good. And so maybe that's just what I wanted to be as well, but in my own way, mm. saying, have you thought about this in my perspective? Um, so you pro- are you processing a lot of your thoughts and ideas <laughs> through writing? Yeah. Initially? Yep. Um, yeah, I do, and it's and the first, obviously the first draft is terrible, and you have to sort of mulishly drag yourself through and edit and read it. It looks, hopefully, it looks effortless. Like I'm just these words just appear on canvas, um, but some of them have been with me for ten years, and just sort of I have to drag around and sort of my computer somewhere in the depths of my computer somewhere. Um, 
but I'll know that they're there and I have to drag them up and all of a sudden I'll just rewrite or tweak or something will shift um, and it'll fit and work. So it's almost mm-hmm. like collecting. I, I, I do collect things as well. I collect objects, but also collecting words is a real big part of my practice. Mm. Mm. That's very cool. What do you mean collecting words? <laughs> um, or collecting lines. I sort of collect them to, to store them. I mean, when I love, again, one day I would love to make it an archive or something just i don't know just is it your own words yeah that you've thought of or do you notice words or phrases and collect those as well i think it's my own words because i've worked with some artists who actually um who take other people's words and all and they always reinterpret that and reuse them and um which i love but i don't do that I, they're all my own it's my own and when i do use someone else's that inevitably the painting doesn't work that something mm. something shifts in my attitude towards it that i don't have a connection to or um i don't it's not close enough. Um, there's pretty sort of no vulnerability with, with someone else's words, um, which is possibly why I th- always wanted to go and be an actor from art, from high school. I wanted to do drama and art and I was like, should I be an actor? But, but I think my, my, my impetus for not doing that was you're always using someone else's voice when you're an actor, but I think as an artist, you can use your own. Mm. Um, Unless you become a writer. That's, that's well, yeah, which, which I'd love to do as well. That's yeah, true, yeah. Well, you kind of are a writer. Short, very, very short form. Yeah, that's okay. That's still, you <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. But it's hard. This stuff is hard to do. I, you know, I so you see again. You effortless writer like reading is a beautiful thing, but writing is the hard part. Mm, yeah, mm. so interesting. It's fascinating practice. And so the the paintings and the text, it's or the the recent ones anyway, are, are quite mm, abstract yeah. and colourful. Can you describe to somebody who's never seen that kind of work how yeah. it looks? Yeah, um, it is very. Uh, it was Dorby? Do people understand a Dorby painty? Um, I love seeing brush strokes in work. I like. I lose a lot of oil paint just because I like um, its sort of tr- truthfulness to colour. It doesn't doesn't dull down when it when it dries or darken when it dries. It's really. Um, the paint you put on the canvas is the paint you're going to see. Um, the, a lot of these recent works are actually um, based on the shadow of the kofi tree at my house that I've quickly like outlined. You know, in this real in hot days when it's really high contrast shadows, and you get to and I wanted because I wanted to reference something to do with nature without me controlling it. You always, I'm always trying to because I control the writing so much. I wanted to do another thing which is a little bit out of my control. Um, which is almost like the painting as well. So the outline is this sort of, again, this is not very helpful for, for a book. The outline of the shadow of, of a kofi tree, which moves and shifts in different in the wind. And I've tried to quickly pencil sketch that out. Then I've gone back and interpreted it with paint. And I just sort of want color. And they reference a little bit of the, the tone of the work, like the tone of the writing. Um, so, But normally they're pretty bright and... Um, hopefully rich colors i don't mm. i'm not I, I i keep attempting to dull my art down my dull my colors down i really love seeing those sort of drab um that mirandi sort of still lives they've kind of really muted colors i haven't quite got the i think i'm too um yeah i'm too excited about color and i you know a new color will will be mixed and i'm yeah thrilled and it sort of takes over mm. yeah and i think there's something about um a lot of the language is quite sad or um or nostalgic or quite quite slow and calm so i think the painting has to shift that in contrast with a bit of brightness or um joy or something in there yeah mm, that's beautiful 
And you um, referred to the stenciling process. Can you tell us about that a yes. bit more? Yes. Um, I use a vinyl cutting machine. And um, so instead of using a stencil over the top of everything, it's almost like the, the stickers, vinyl stickers go down um, first and everything gets painted out with a bit of a, you know, a gesso or a, um, just a primer. Um, yeah, so the, the, the words almost get lost from that very beginning. So I sort of forget a little bit sometimes about what the words say. Um, and then the oil paint goes on and you're sort of making this work and then you reveal the letters underneath. So the stickers get peeled off with a bit of paint and they, so the, it's often the white of the canvas, although I have experimented with a few other colors underneath, but um, I like the shift of rather than having black text on a white page, it's white text on a colorful something. Yeah. yeah so it doesn't, so that's which is why I don't, it's not a, um, they are paintings and not sort of pages in a book. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they're so beautiful. And the sort of sharp line of the of the font yes. is, is so nice with the sort of more fluid. It is a nice thing. Paint <laughs> yeah, page. there are just little things which why they kind of stuck with me, and I'm like, oh, I quite like this. Yeah, uh, the contrast of the sharp and definitely. The, yeah, and uh, does it become sort of like the paint becomes quite raised, and then it's yeah. flatter? Yeah, because there's there's a real like impasto sort of effect with some of it yeah yeah mm, nice. although again but then i play around with it i've done another work which is just really really thin paint but and it starts to just sort of be look more like a tablet and that's quite yeah mm. quite nice and do you have one particular font that you like to use i do a friend of mine um he gave he gave me a font i did he gave he gave me a font we worked we got together al mccready he's a typeface designer um incredible incredible graphic designer again this is why you need people um and he he based his text on um, monument typeface, so fonts that he found in gravestones and different monuments. And it's um, this word, this, the type's called Pukekawa, which is based on the um, sort of Orca Museum typeface. And like so, yeah, there's mm, lots of there's always great. there's always depth in things that aren't immediately obvious. Yeah, yeah. that's a lovely sort of story behind. Yeah, and you use the same font font every time. I have, yeah. I've started to. I moved into that because I was always looking and searching, and then for my uh, my PhD sort of uh, presentation, that Peter Gilderdale, who was a, again a typeface sort of legend, said, "You know what? Do you know what this typeface means?" And I didn't, and it was really humbling. I went, "Oh, I see. So even typeface have a even fonts have a meaning. They've got history mm. and they've got whakapapa. So I was like, okay, maybe I should. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna brush up on this. Yeah, that's yeah. really fascinating. So what was your PhD? Uh, it was called Memory Markers in the Landscape of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, and yeah, it was incredible. That was very cool. So post-masters, um, again, I, this was not all at once. I didn't do a nine-year stint of, mm. oh, that'd be awful. People have, but not me. Um, so yeah, travel, hospital jobs. Um, yeah, so the PhD was in the last... I think I graduated in 2019, um, and it was a practice-led thesis as well. So you make the work, you do the research, and you produce sort of a very extensive um, thesis um, as well as an exhibition. So that's quite at the end of those four years. So it's basically the culmination of four years worth of work and research. And wow. yeah, very How cool. Amazing. It's that was that was the best. Yeah, that was very cool. And I went back to um, after quite a long time away from from uni to go back to that community and back to that immersive environment mm. again, which is, again, it's a little bit of a cop out. Like I'm an art student now, so I've got to go and now I have to spend no, 12 hours great. in the studio. How amazing. <laughs> yeah. And what made you decide to do that? Um, I think just, I'd, I'd sort of 
been showing up for a little bit. I've gone a couple of residencies um, overseas and um, the community kind of just, I, I think I needed the community. I needed the stimulation because again, making art is pretty lonely. Um, I wanted to challenge myself because I think my work's getting a bit stale because you start to repeat some things and you go, well, this is a bit, I think I've done this before. Or I wanted to think a bit harder about what I was doing, um, which I think having sort of dealer galleries don't necessarily want you to think too hard about you. <laughs> they want you to keep making and not thinking. Um, yeah, which is, that's not all dealers. Some some people want you to not, um, yeah, just make nice things. And I didn't want to make nice things. I wanted to make good things, which is, there is a difference. Yeah, totally. That's so interesting. And what? how did you come about deciding on your thesis? My thesis, oof. Um, I am a bit of a wanderer and want a wanderer, wanderer, but I wander around a lot of, I, I, I don't know, I think there's still with the landscape thing, there's still, I was really interested in the way, I started with sort of with that McCann reference, the way he did literally write on the landscape, on his landscape paintings. Um, but I was really interested in the way that New Zealanders or that we, I don't know, I don't know who, what, who that is, um, make memory or keep memory and make and write down public memory. And it could be as simple as um, like monuments or plaques, but also these little really sort of, um, they're public private memorials. So I don't know, just different road signs, different uh, names on places. I was really interested in place names and, and still with also the way that the old painters, you know, in very early New Zealand sort of um, nation making paintings that were kind of a bit not true. Like, you know, Britain of the South Pacific. Um, so in those lies, I was really interested in the lies and how memories shift and things like that. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it's a very, you can, there's lots of pictures on my thesis, which I was very um, proud of. So it's a real photographic journey as well. Just sort yeah. of documenting those places. Yeah. How amazing. And so nice to be able to kind of immerse yourself into that world and, and that you know, idea that you really wanted to develop and yes. learn more about. Yeah, I definitely had to go with an idea. Otherwise, you'd sort of scramble. But it's quite an, it's an intense process and mm. you can't really, you're not a very good person. I don't think, I wouldn't recommend anyone who has a partner to go and um, do their, their thesis. It's a bit, it's very selfish. It's very, it's worthwhile, but you just, you're all, it's all encompassing. Yeah. So I think I met my wife in the last six months of my thesis, which was not ideal. Dating wasn't that good at that time <laughs> i was not a good boyfriend at that time no. oh well you got through no, it so I did. you got <laughs> yeah, through yeah. the hard stuff yeah. at the beginning yes that's always a good sign <laughs> if you can make it and um um what was i going to ask you i oh what was your actual work like for the exhibition in response to that idea and that research mm. there was a lot of photographic work actually which was really nice to do because i hadn't shown that in a while this is again because I'm a, I'm a painter. Um, so some photographic work, some text work, video work as well. I really, really love some video work. Um, and that was just about almost documentary, but just moving across bodies of water. So just it's a really interesting place about basically figuring out Pākehā identity was about placelessness that we're trying to make, we're constantly trying to make place and feel like we belong. And so we're actually bodies of water felt really really accurate for me i was like oh this is where we're supposed to be this unstable uneven place that you can't really live um but still be welcomed and, and you know, nourished and all those things that water, water does but it was um there was some real it was it was called a surveyor um and it was just it was about it was still about mapping still about identity but it was a little bit 
softer, quite subtle work. Yeah, and really, not all of it was nice, which was really, really refreshing. Um, yeah, it was a really, it was. I think it just it leveled up my practice. It challenged everything. You couldn't get away with much because, yeah, there was no, there were no duds. Often, sometimes you have a dud in the show. There were no duds after four years. You really mm. do. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get pretty critical of your own work. Yeah, yeah, mm. I bet. That sounds amazing. And mm. how did you actually communicate the work or the um, the ideas behind the work this time to the audience for the the, the for the final uh, for that show? How did I do that? There was a room sheet, which was really helpful. I really like. I like. Again, I have there's so much there's so many texts everywhere, but people still ask me what it's about. Um, yeah, there was a room sheet that I unpacked it a bit better. Um, I think I tried to. Um, I don't know. I don't like being exclusive and keeping people locked out of the art. I love to invite them in, and often it's not helpful because even me talking, I sort of unravel, and then it gets more complex rather than less. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I confuse myself more and more. The more I try to, which I love. I mean, I love the way that English actually is not a, not a helpful language for getting detail across you kind of just get you get sort of caught up in this bog of complexity um but then i'm like oh yeah come into this bog of complexity it's really good that's you know this is where all the fun stuff's happening so there was a bit of that there was the thesis was there um but again you could only really you couldn't you'd have to spend some time with that Mm. um but there was some yeah the work kind of just communicated and kept reflecting back on itself so it was nice it was yeah Mm. and i guess once again the works were sort of talking to each other yeah it was nice not having to be in the room to get them to talk to each other as well. Yeah. I could sort of, I think that's what I landed with that exhibition. That I went, oh, I, I can, I can leave the room now. It's so mm. <laughs> they can do their own job. Yeah. yeah, which is quite refreshing, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, there are artists who who don't want to explain to people what the work is about, but it sounds like that's quite an important part of yeah. what you do. Yeah. Or or I, I love to explain the entry point, and then I can, then I'll leave some, someone to it. Yeah. 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 Cool. And your sculptures. Yes. Well, I'm very drawn to the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the one with the red buttons all over. Yes. Can you describe that? Uh, I, I, it is a piece of, again, I'm like, now that I've moved to the provinces, I'm a driftwood artist. It's a really, um, it is a piece of driftwood from the beach in Waitata where I live. Um, and I sort of been collecting these buttons. I don't know. Again, you don't know why. I think listening listening to Judy Darrow, she she's like, "Oh, you collect the things, and you just they just there." And I and I was like, "Yes, finally, Judy's the um the queen of collecting things yes. just because." And um that was yeah. I mean, I'll I'll just stand behind um Queen Judy um and yeah. And no, I this they sort of they said there's something about nostalgia, but it is a red encrusted piece of driftwood that looks vaguely like a heart i called it ox heart um and they're kind of monuments and this is a little art school pickup of monuments that aren't permanent they're not large they're not um phallic they're not they're not made concrete and stone but they're these small things which you can hold or display they just hold a bit of memory and i don't know some reason about the button the the, the lost button there's something always funny about when you lose a button and really frustrating at the same time. Or you see someone with a, a missing, to see someone else with a missing button is funny, but to have a missing button yourself is annoying. the worst. <laughs> so there's something about that, um, the loss there, which is, I just translated to memory and loss and monuments. Yeah. Mm, amazing. 
It's really beautiful. And I think buttons, I mean, I have this really vivid memory of my mother's button box. Yeah. Which was in a like a tin black magic chocolate yes. box, which is like super old school. Excellent. Yeah. And I mean, I just used to love sorting those buttons. Yeah. Maybe I, it's because you're beautiful. Buttons are beautiful that's things. That's what artists, maybe that's the art, art brain. I think the art brain goes, I need to sort these. Or I need to look, th- even looking through them yeah. more. Or the tactile feel of buttons. And or, the color. Yeah. And the shine or texture. <laughs> especially the shine for me. I, yeah. I get so drawn to that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's really an interesting concept of putting the buttons on the driftwood. Did you find the driftwood yeah, first and fi- then get yeah. the idea? Yes. And I went, what do I do with, again, what do I do with these? And then I went, oh, these two materials can go together somehow. Um, and they just sort of, quite, they're quiet, they're quite quiet works. They don't really get, but I just, yeah. And, and I've, I think the third dimension sculptural thing is always a challenge. I, I, I am in awe of sculptors who can effortlessly do it, but I definitely struggle but when they when they work, they work. But when they bomb, they really bomb. I think that's very different. With Sometimes paintings are okay; they're pretty good. But if a sculpture's not good, it's bad. And I what what that's... determines whether it's <laughs> bad or good? I don't know. Oh. There's a I, I, I can't. Is there? A, I don't know. I think there's even a word for it. Like it's good art and bad art. It's just sort of it's just sort of flat, or it's um. I don't mean flat in the literal sense. I mean it's just sort of. Falls flat. Falls flat. Yeah, just disappoints. I don't. Mm. I don't know. I need to figure. I'd love to know because. Mm. Well, it's actually, quite a personal yeah. thing, I suppose. I mean, it, it might fall flat for you, but it might not for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, hopefully. But if you're the <laughs> artist, you can choose whether yes. it's going to go out there or not. Yeah, and what what other sculptures have you done? I've done quite. A f- I've done lots of things. I'm. I think I. I have lots of ambitions for future sculptures as well. Um, I've done a sculpture on the Gulf. Like was a couple of years ago, which was, I mean, far too ambitious. But it was, um, it was again another sculpture about memory. It was a scaffold castle in Waiheke, and um, they were adorned with pennants, like triangle flags, which I got high school students to, yeah, I think it was high school primary school students to fill in. And I think it was dreams of the future or hopeful things. Oh no, people you miss. It was a memory. It was sort of it was a sort of be- I mean beautiful work, but. Far too labour intensive, and um, it was wrapped in sort of fencing wire that I then cable tied every single flag to. It was thousands of flags, but um, yeah, that was the, my most ambitious sculptural mm, work. Yeah, but that I, sounds amazing. Yeah, you know, bringing in the children to. Help yeah, you. it's very cool. I mean, they've got way cooler ideas than I do. Yeah. Yeah, but it's neat to be able to kind of bring them into your world. Yes. You know, Memory Castle, it was called. That's right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Only because I wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and other other sculptures, like freestanding sculptures that you display? Yeah, there was a, there's a work, um, actually my my thesis, which is really um, for PhD show, which was really cool. It was, just, it was, a, it was a oyster shell from... Waitangi up north um, on a brass rod and a book, The Shock of the New, you know, that sort of like really important art book that you read in art school that's printed in the 90s, so a little bit out of date. Um, and I just love that sort of calling something new and The Shock of the New, and it was such an important book to sit, you know, to, uh, in, in art school and the all sense really outdated. And um, yeah, and, and in, the, in, the, in the oyster shell, it had some manuka oil that you would smell in water. So there's this, there's something about the sense sensory um thing which i think sculpture can offer you mm. there's there's more to 
painting is very visual, which is always what I my my go to. It's two D. I do live in a flat world. My my you know the world is flat, um, and but yeah, but sculptures do they do these other things? They kind of you can stub your toe on a sculpture. You can respond to them in a bodily way. Um, yeah, there's always. But I'm learning. I'm still learning. The sculpture thing, I'm still learning. Installation's a little different um, because you can build a room, you can build an engagement, but sculptures have to, they again, they've got to stand on their own two feet, which is terrifying. Mm, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have any text supporting it, I guess. No, not often, no. Yeah, in <laughs> no. general. Yeah. And do you feel like, you know, creating work that doesn't have text is harder for you? Um, no, there's normally a no. No, it's kind of normally a relief because I haven't had to, you know, work so hard at the language part. I think they they they're in my studio a lot longer. I have to I have to sort of live with them a lot longer. There's some works in the upcoming show um, called Memory Weights, and they are just bowling balls, 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 bowling, bowling balls, balls, balls um, that have crosses <laughs> on them, and that's all. That's all. That I mean, that's even that is like my out of having. There is an X on there still, um, but they were. There are these sort of important things that you can hold. There's a certain weight to a bowls ball that, um, I don't know, remind me of something. And the, the way they sit in their temporary monuments as well. Mm. Yeah. So there are things. No, there, I, and I've got some other work. Yeah, I like just playing with sometimes throwing out language and just purely playing with colour mm. and form, yeah. And something like a bowling ball is so um, has so many memories and so yes. many people have attached themselves to the ball literally and figuratively. Yeah. And, you know... Time and place and all those other yes, things. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and they're beautiful objects. They're just nice things, yeah. yeah. I was drawn to them first by the object thing. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So interesting. <laughs> so um, let's just talk about your show that is opening tonight. Yes. Which is very exciting. <laughs> um, it's called The Weight of Words. So it's um, opening tonight on from today till the 8th of October, yeah. 2022. So if, if you're listening to this podcast in 2040, it will be over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, your opening night tonight is from 4 p.m. onwards. I'm hoping to get yeah. there. And you are giving an artist talk at 11 o'clock tomorrow at the Keeper's Cottage in Tamaki Makaro, Auckland. Yeah. Can you tell us about that show? Yes, I first said no, obviously, when Jessica um, Augustin Cleary from Artful said, oh, do you, you should have, well, let's have a show, let's do this. And I said, yeah, group show sounds great and lovely and easy. And she said, no, no, solo show, you can do it. Now's the time, um, which is very, really, again, very generous and very um, very kind of Jessica to, to encourage me to do that. So it was quite cool to do this um, show. And it is, I think even Jessica came up with the title, actually. I had a terrible title. Because mm. I'm, yeah, because the titles again, then sometimes titles come first or they come absolutely last minute. Mm. Um, but yeah, the weight of words, I was I was just interested with the space because of the Keeper's Cottage. It was the first um, first keeper of the of the library in Auckland and what was Auckland, at Auckland Art Gallery, which used to be the public library. Ah. Um, so the first librarian who wasn't even a librarian lived there with his wife. Um, Is that in Albert Park? Yeah, in Albert yeah. Park. And so it's this really odd, old heritage building. Terrible for hang- you cannot ha- you can't hang out works in the heritage building, which is the one downside. Um, but yeah, so it's a really historic, important place, and I feel like there's something about the books and the language and that hist- history there, which 
I think is why Jessica went, hey, no, this is this is a good show for you and you need to do this now. Um, and so I've moved quite a few works in. And so it's, it takes up the whole building. It's not a huge building, but it takes up every, there's artwork in every room. Nice. And yeah, I've sort of filled one room. The floor is covered with some found paintings, which um, as I travel around the country, I've found lots of landscape paintings by, I'm not going to say naive artists, but people who, Sunday painters, daytime dabblers um untrained maybe but actually and some of them are incredible so i i'm not saying untrained in a negative i'm saying wow mm. untrained mm. um i should have untrained um <laughs> and then i've sort of reinterpreted some text over those paintings so i've sort of it's a collaborative process maybe through time actually some of them because some of them are dated in 1960s or um there's i think there's one in 50 1958 was the painting so there's a really nice time lag between the old or original painting and the and the me painting um so there's a really nice connection between those two Mm. and um so have you have you connected words to those old paintings i've made a yes just sort of a almost like a sort of a little bit of a long poem so there's red text. They've got red text on these very green, lush landscape paintings of New Zealand. They're often, and they're, I think they're all New Zealand as well. So they're Gorgeous. people painting New Zealand landscape. And where Possibly, did you find yeah, the paintings? All around New Zealand. Yeah, just on my random travels. Like Again, up, like, um, up, shops, up shops, mostly up shops, hospice shops. Yeah, a few antique stores. But um, How amazing. Yeah, I, think, I, don't even, I don't even have This is what's so fun. Like last month, I haven't even counted how many. There must be over 50. Wow. Um, but it's a really, yeah, it's a very cool, seeing them, again, because my studio is not huge, seeing them together for the first time in the gallery, it's really cool. Mm. Um, it's another reason to have a good show. And how have um, you actually displayed them? Are they kind of in order with the words? Yes, or? so they just got sort of run in lines in the room. Um, again, because you can't hang anything on the walls in the heritage building, um, they're all on the floor. So you can't even enter the room. It's really kind of nice that it's just... It's, it's almost like the Anthony Gormley um, sculptures, where it's those clay sculptures that fill the room, but um, in my own way. Wow. Yeah. And that then, yeah. Great. And so I've got, yeah, memory weights, which are these bowling balls. There are some takeaway text works, which um, I just like being a little bit, I always find it really hard to, um, to get my friends and family involved and sort of like, actually, you can take away art or, or you can buy art, but actually, this takeaway will help, help you get there. Um, yeah. And there's. There's some gold leaf um, sort of found driftwood things. I really, really decided to buy um, Heavenly Bodies at Auckland Museum. But I had, again, there was a great storm. Well, during that, those storms we just had in Waitha, all this wood was washed up on the beach, which was an incredible sight to see. But I just thought about what's an unheavenly body? What's What if the heavenly bodies are washed off and it's just this gold leaf remains? Um, so they're kind of sculptural. They're paintings so they reference paintings but they're sculptural floor works so I like, again that's probably why i like playing with the the language of painting and sculpture as well mm. yeah and i've got yeah another video work i've got there's lots in there there's the some of my favorites are um some necklaces which are um the redoubts of different sites so during the new zealand wars um even Albert Park was a Albert Albert Barracks, so it was. But originally, before that, it was a pass site, um, Pukirangi. So, all these places. So I'm still playing with memory and time, and I don't think anyone will ever want to wear these necklaces. They're not supposed to be comfortable to wear. They're copper. They're they're oxidized copper. Um, they're kind of, and they would hopefully they'd feel heavy to wear because they're sort of a bit of a shameful time. And I want to just, I always try to bring up certain things in different ways. Mm. Yeah. So, so would that kind of thing be good for on the wall if somebody it was is, to it could be own it? Yes. 
Yes, I think. Again, I'm like, I don't I don't know. Would mm. you want to own a, a bad memory? They, they're not good memories. So um, I kind of, I like playing with that because there's some other things, just a, a work on a series of books, which I just painted. I Remember Rivers, um, which is a very obscure reference um, to kind of my train of thinking. I remember mountains. I remember rivers. I remember oceans. I kind of this idea of what we remember about New Zealand being here. Um, if we strip it all back, if we take away everything, there's sort of real some real foundational things. Um, so that's just part two in the series. Mm. Yeah, um, did some other work at um, Tatuhi Billboards, which was I Remember Mountains, but a photographic work which said that 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 line. Yeah, so there's lots of mm. pl- I pl- I just want to keep playing. It's yeah. so fascinating. You've just got that's really that's really <laughs> it's such an interesting discussion to hear how you think and. And the things that you come up with, yeah. and so with your show that's on starting tonight, yeah, do you is it something where you are thinking about making some money and selling the work, or is it more about um, communicating? Yes, the second. It's yeah, it's it's interesting because it's because because it's through it's with curated by Jessica from Artful, so it is still part of that world of you know the art market. Um, I think money's always there; it's always in the background. It's not the motivator for the show, I think. It would be lovely if someone mm. wants if someone wants some things. And totally. how will you sell the, um, the collected paintings with the red text? That, <laughs> that's a tricky one. I'm not sure that's totally for sale. It's a bit of a weird one. I don't know, maybe if someone has a nice, nice huge house. They may be broken up one day. I'd, maybe that's a, that's a way to do it. But there's sort of some paintings just say that, which I'm not sure anyone really wants a that on their wall. I mean, I, 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 mean, like I would. Idea. There's a we which I quite like. There's a really good yeah. we. I actually love um, that idea. <laughs> you know, people could have the poem or the, the writing as a whole and own a part of that. I yeah, think that's, that's true. actually quite cool. Okay. All right. Well, you've taught me around. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they are, they are, they're for sale. Everything's always for sale. But I'm not sure it's, um, it's really nice to step out of that for a moment and just, oh, no, just come and look at this show. And it's for, sort of for art, you know, the art week kind of time even though it's not really happening Mm. yeah which is pretty cool i mean i think it's hard for artists to have exhibitions anyway in some ways it can be and then that sort of idea of of needing to make some money or wanting to make some money versus what you're trying to do in your practice yeah and then sometimes you just compromise you say no this isn't this isn't a money one this this is a fun this is a brain one this is a um engagement one mm. and it's really i mean that's why you have a full-time job so you can i can relax again i'm not because yeah if it was um if things were for sale would i make work about the new zealand wars i'm not sure i, I don't think i would be as um yeah as it would be a lot more a say it would be safe it's not a safe mm. show i mean it's still safe for most people but it's not safe for me as a painter who sometimes needs to match a painting to someone's couch so yeah, these were these these won't match your couch. <laughs> no, which isn't a bad thing. It's yeah. a good thing, really. And I guess you haven't got those other sort of considerations that you sometimes have to, you know, have as as what you're doing when you're exhibiting work. It's actually nice to just make that decision that actually this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. Yeah, which is probably good for all of us artists to to know. Yeah, it can be that way too. Yeah, and it can. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not sustainable. I couldn't keep doing it. I definitely, you definitely need to make some sales. That's not. Mm. Um, it is again. I'm, it's a pretty luxurious moment in my life that I don't have to worry 
too much. I have a very supportive wife and good job, so that helps. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I, yeah, it's not always been that way. So you, you do have a. Well, so just before we go on yes. to that, um, so that's um, Jessica Agustin Cleary from Artful, as you said, mm. <clears throat> and um, we talked to her a few episodes yeah. ago, which was great. So you are part of Artful, showing your work online yeah. in the online gallery. Yes. How do you find that? Good. I love the, I mean, art on, oh, again, even, but even Jessica would be like, oh, art online, um, which is what she's, I think she's definitely got her head really, really clear about what that means. Um, yeah, I think it's a really cool platform. It works really well. It's really nimble. And again, it was definitely in lockdown. That makes absolute sense in lockdown. Um, and I love that now we're out of out of it um COVID's all over and gone um we that's actually we're doing this project so this is the first project that they've done outside of in in the real in the real world Mm. um and it's a cool connection it's cool to be able to take to translate that from an online presence to real life rather than often it's other way around we're trying to we're trying to get this real world thing online Mm. so it's a really nice not backwards it's kind of like the way it's meant to be it's actually going actually let's do projects and i think that's what's fun yeah and jessica's you know she's got a background in it she's the curator she's yes very very easy to to work with which is great yeah she knows what she's doing yeah and um there's also the um there's an exhibition like a mini exhibition of a number of artists in queen's arcade yeah coming up under artful as well it's part of art in the city yes which is great so yeah it's it's a neat opportunity to be part of that that um, establishment, I guess yeah. you'd call it, and be one of the artists for Artful, and then you've got those opportunities for other projects yeah. as well. And it's a cool community as well. There starts to be a little conversation going, and it's just little sparks here and there. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Well, do you want to say anything more about your practice before I, I go I th- on? I think that's it. I don't <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's ongoing. I don't know. I, I do, yeah, I, I turn up to the studio and I... See what happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm busy, which is good. Yeah, that I'm very is good. Yeah. And do you do you have commissions? No, I can't I'm, imagine. I'm you terrible. Like <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm also quite. Again, I'm a little bit snooty about commissions. I do love a com. I love a commission. Bring them my way if anyone wants to commission me. But I'm definitely got to a point where I'm like, but I need to do my thing. Um, again, which is very lucky to be in that position. Um. But yeah, no, I, I'm. I've got some. I've just got shows coming up. I've got a show back in Taranaki. I've got um, a show in Harbada. I've got yeah, maybe hopefully another one with Hannah Carpenter and at Grey Space. Yeah, great, great place. Yeah, so there's things happening. Yeah, yeah you just awesome. kind of things are always on the boil. Yeah, mm. and you are working full time. <laughs> as am. a lecturer, is that right? I, yes. <laughs> wow, I didn't at, actually realise you had a full time job as yeah, well. As yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, yeah. Teaching, teaching, which I love the teaching. It's as it is um, being that it's the best job. Um, the teaching and student and art part, the paperwork part is mind numbing and uh, soul destroying. And yeah, there's definitely some problems with um, the polytechnic system, which I'm sure everyone is now aware of. Um, but yeah, I've got cool, I'm mean, gonna get to work with some cool other art tutors as well. and yeah the students some of them don't even know how good they are which i'm sort of i sometimes don't tell them because they, they sort of they need to relax but yeah it's a very cool job mm. well, yeah. it's nice to do that after you've been through it yourself you know maybe yeah. you can tell your students that they can make it 
Yeah, and yes, yeah, yeah, and it's in a, it is in New Plymouth, so it's quite a small town. So I also say there is, we have international airports. You can go away, and there's Wellington and Auckland. Are you know there are just a few hours away. So there's the opportunity for creative creativity in in the region isn't great. Um, there are tons of artists, but to get to get, I think where you want to be, and where some of them should be, they probably need to go to those main centres, which is a shame because we lose them. Mm, yeah, it is a shame. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting yeah. concept. I mean, it's an interesting conversation, isn't it? Something we could actually have another podcast yeah. episode about, probably. <laughs> so, and what is that place that you're working? Polytech? At, at WIT, so Western Institute of Technology at Taranaki, so mm. Takuda Matsutsuni or Taranaki. Yeah, it's a very cool Polytech. I, I love it. It's it's one of the smallest in the country, but it's sort of one of the gruntiest. Mm. Yeah, it's very cool. That's brilliant. And that's... It's a lovely way to give back and to pass on your knowledge yeah. and your experiences yeah. and then to help people grow yeah. in their own art practice. I hope, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. They don't Google me. They don't know what I do. It's quite great. It's kind of very good for my ego that they don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's brilliant. And it's a, yeah, I think you'd be a really good teacher. I yeah. think so. It's fun. I don't know. I think so. I th- it's fun, and it's and it's one of those energy jobs. You don't get to the end of the day and you're drained. You actually you get a lot of energy from you're it. Buoyed so, yeah. by it, yeah. Mm. And there's so much going on when you're teaching that you know so much that comes. You give so much and you get so yeah. much back. Yeah, it's very but cool. yeah, the admin's pain. The admin is the oh yeah. yeah. It's teaching across the board. <laughs> I think so. Um, just thinking commercially you have had lots of solo and group shows over you know that 20 years 20 odd years at galleries like um tim Tim malville gallery and Mm -hmm. north art and north coast tatuhi silo six mangari art center and nathan homestead yes and many more (laughs) so are you actually connected to one gallery in particular or you know how do you work alongside galleries um i would love to work alongside galleries no i've i've recently yeah been let go from two galleries which is a very very interesting um part of the art cycle yeah so i was i was with a couple of galleries for quite a long for about almost a decade or just over a decade um and i don't know since yeah time moves on things change people change um I'm not a very details-oriented person, which is very important. If you are going to be with a dealer, you need to have those ducks in a row. Um, so, yeah, different reason for that. So, I, yeah, I think it's um, it's an interesting relationship you have with dealers. Um, but everyone wants one until you get one. And then as soon as you've got one, you're going to go, oh, do I, do I really want this? And they're, they're sort of expecting me. The expectation's really high. Um, and then as soon as you don't have one, you realize how important they were to you. Mm. So there's a really interesting mix. Um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very, it's a quite a cool relationship. If it works really well, it's awesome. You can really sing and um, if you're on the same page, awesome. You can really get a lot of good work done. They're great because they're great promoters of you, even not just to sell your work, which is a great, a great bonus, but even to just have um, engagement relationship. They, they, they're sort of, they're connected into other things that you're not. Yeah. Mm. So um I yeah I'm I'm a fan of the dealer gallery. I'm not sure it's it's not for everyone. Yeah. There's and, a there's compromises to be made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what how are you wanting to show your work if you're not showing in galleries? Um there's actually lots of regional 
things, regional the regional galleries, artist-run spaces, um, independent spaces. I think I, th- I think I'm. I kind of came from the, I was at the tail end of when artist run spaces were just in there really, that boom time when rents were cheap, buildings were grotty, um, you know, everything was a pretty run down and ragged and you kind of just smell of an oily rag kind of production. And, and now things are quite, it's quite hard to do that. It's quite hard to be a, um, just sort of wing it or do this artist collective thing without CNZ funding or a, benefactor or a patron that's i don't know there's something about that but actually moving away from auckland is, has sort of opportunities have arisen because of that mm. and just thing actually more out there um yeah applying for things i apply for um galleries and you know there's more of those public like the manga the art center and corbin's and all that stuff to, to you know you have you do you, there are proposals out there every year they're all around and every year you keep applying it's definitely I mean, that's maybe the admin side of the art world that I'm mm. like, oh, this again. But mm. it's really important because also it refines your practice as well. Yeah. You start going, what am I actually making art about? And 100 words or less? How do I say this in 100 words? This is why this podcast is great because I've had well more than 100 words. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, that's why it's probably important. Yeah. yeah. And it, there's still so many opportunities. It doesn't actually have to just be the dealer gallery. That yeah. can still be great. Yeah. But there are other things, especially on that regional level. Yeah. Which I love. I love that, you know, regional galleries and just kind of the art centres and, and yeah. smaller communities. Oh, they're just as vibrant. Yeah. It's really, fit. which I didn't know. I mean, I was very arrogant, Aucklander, moving to my small town, um, thinking my art career's over. Nothing will ever happen. And I think I've had more shows this year than ever, any ever, in a sense. Mm, so, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well done. And I know you're not a details admin guy, <laughs> but <laughs> how do you find, you know, running a website, social media and that kind of stuff? Um, Instagram easy because it's, again, Insta, it's quite, and it's, maybe that's what's, no, yeah, no, very, I, I mean, I'd spend 20 minutes trying to get the right pithy statement rather than, you know, the, the images seconds. Um, so that's probably the hard part of Instagram. <laughs> um, my website is I like it. I don't think oh, websites. Do we people still go to websites? I don't know. It's funny how how quickly technology becomes mm. a bit old fashioned. It's like Facebook. I mean, my mum's on Facebook. Why would I want to go on Facebook if my parents are there? <laughs> um, so I don't know. But then again, they're really, really important. So important to be on there. Um, yeah, but Instagram, yeah. I think, for artists is such a great way to sell work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. And people, yeah, and the reach is pretty amazing. Um, although I have, there is one downside my students say, I just want to make art looks good for Instagram. And I went, oh no, this is, we've gone too far. Yeah. But I um, but I always challenge that. And, and I, yeah, I do, yeah, I love it. I love it as a medium for um, ideas as well. Yeah, it's mm. a real ideas generator as well. Mm. Not to, it's, it's hard because if you get too stuck and caught up on it, you can start to look like everyone else. But as your own document, it's really, really nice. Yeah, that's a great sort of gallery, personal gallery. Yeah, yeah and it is nice when you follow artists you're interested in. It's a great oh, yeah. way of keeping up with what's going on, I guess. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's really, yeah, I love it. It's, you know, it is that instant thing that I think is the positive of the interconnected world. Mm. Lots of negatives, but plenty of positives. Yeah, like that. yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's pros and cons for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, believe it or not, we're at the quick fire question wow. time of the podcast. Is that, oh, that's very quick. One hour ten minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. And I talked fast, so this is well done. Okay. No, we've got a lot covered. <laughs> <laughs> so good, and it is. It can be quite cathartic, can't it? Actually, kind of talking through. 
Well, yeah. Your world. Yeah, and well, well, even hearing yourself, I'm like, do I believe? I think I do believe that what I'm saying. Well, okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing what you can actually clarify in your own mind when you speak it through. And probably artists don't do that. No, we, well, no we just think our thoughts. We mm. don't speak our thoughts. Mm. Yeah. Puts it in a, into another perspective in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, favorite that. artists, Elliot, <gasps> and how or have they influenced your work? Very mean question. So I'm, I'm, I have prepared. Uh, no, I know I've got. Um, can I do? Can a quick list? Yes. Henrietta Harris and Marita Hewitt. So those two were um, art school friends. Pretty much, you know, week week one, week two, really solid friendship, and they're still today working. Incredible artists. Um, yeah, yeah, blow blow my mind. Better, much better artists than me. I'll put that out there. Um, Benjamin Work, sort of new friend, incredible artist. He's he's just had a, a show at um, Bergman Gallery. Just came down. Keeps working, doing it, and actually at um, Te Udu. Um, so yeah, quite incredible. Um, Emily O'Hara was my was a PhD friend, and she's maintained, main, stayed my friend, and she's uh, yeah, again, what such a wonderful artist. Casually had a baby in the middle of her thesis as well, no big deal. Um, so she's yeah, she's an incredible artist, and still someone I try to copy every day. Um, and John Reynolds, he was a really really important artist for yes. me to. Um, I got to work with him or for him, no for him. Um, but he thought it was worth, but it was definitely for him. And he taught me how to make art, not make art, how to be an artist and how to take breaks and how to look and how to be very serious and very playful at the same time. And yeah, and text as well. So he was sort mm. of like, no, you'd play with this thing. And he, he hates painting, which is great. Just not a painter. He doesn't like sticks with brush with um, sticks with hair on them. <laughs> um, and Julian Dashby and Bill Colbert, who are. Who aren't with us? So those are those people who I um, got yeah privileged enough to work with, and amazing, amazing people. Mm. Sort of just generosity outflowing, and yeah, yeah, yeah lots of gifts. So yeah, but um, if I'm never an artist, I've never met Ed Rocher. I think American artist, Californian artist. Yeah, he's one I'll probably never meet, but probably a hero of mine. Yeah. That's a great list. Yeah, good. Okay, sorry. You said one. No, I, thought, no, no, I no. love that. It's really <laughs> awesome that you've included people, you know, good friends that you admire yeah. artistically. And yeah, those, um, John Reynolds, I mean, I can see the influence. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. And just, oh man, energy. He's got energy. Yeah. And he was kind of ahead of his time in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. For New Zealand with with his use of text. Yeah, I think, and still, I feel like he's still, uh, he's just cool. He's very yeah. cool. I love his work so much. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Thank you. That's great. And um, as an artist, what is your biggest challenge? Money. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, inspiration's often really. I don't. Well, I say inspiration's easy. I artist block outside of depression. Artist block is a really really hard thing. But I mean, creativity comes really really easily to me. I think I don't struggle with that. I mean, inspiration comes easily. Um, but yeah, money and oh, self doubt, imposter syndrome, all that stuff still there. Even after you know, I'm like even like looking at my CV, I'm like I've done I've done some things. But if they find out that I'm not good, if they find out that I'm just winging this thing, oh look out! Or it's all for nothing. So um yeah, and yeah, and re- th- it seems like things like reinforced by lack of commercial success is really um well perceived commercial success is a real like oh, wait a minute maybe I'm not good because that those you know fifty three paintings on the floor didn't sell <laughs> um all these you know these sad things didn't sell so yeah there's a lot of that yeah money is a tricky one it's really mm-hmm. emotional it's very attached to energy and time and effort so yeah I think money and art you never learned about that you never learned about art at art, money at art school as well so yeah it gets in the yeah. way 
Well, that's the best answer I think I've heard so far. Is that all right? Which I'm sure everyone can relate to in some way. Yeah, so true. And what would you say to your younger artistic self? Oh, actually I've got this. Um, Don't compromise your creativity for a client, gallery, trend, or try to fit a style. I think that's a really, yeah, no compromises. Um, I think just find you, which I, again, learned the hard way. So I'm not speaking from experience. I'm speaking from experience at the other end. Um, just find your groove. Yeah. Yeah. Find mm. your groove. Mm. And keep going with that. That's yeah. that's a much better way to do it. It is hard though, isn't it? At the beginning, when oh, you're starting yeah. off to know know your groove even. Oh, yeah. And you're just buffeted by everything and influenced mm. by everything. And you don't have a keel. You just sort of rudderless. Or yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think once when you do find it, stick with it. It's 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 served me well. Lately, not very early on. I didn't. I didn't follow this instruction as a young artist. Mm. But you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And also, just kind of having that idea that you're going to keep going and keep persevering, and it's only going to get easier in that yeah. way. Yeah. The more yeah. you do it. You yeah, know? and ideas will come. Yeah, things. Yeah, and if it's not good now, it'll be good tomorrow, or all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. And why do you think you make the kind of work that you make? Oh. Um, why do I think I'm the, I think I'm the only one to do it? Again, I have a strange. I have, for my lack of confidence, I have a strange confidence that I'm like, oh, this is important that I do this, um, this way because I think, yeah, I'm the only one who thinks this way, and so surely <laughs> it's important. I don't know. What do I make the work? I. It's the only thing I'm really. I still haven't found anything. I haven't found a sport I'm good at, so that, which is I'm still waiting. Maybe swing ball or something. Or, I don't know. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's. I think. Yeah, it's breathing. It's sort of how you, yeah, if you don't, it's it's an exhale, being poetic. It's all these things which help you through. I don't think art, I don't think my art's therapeutic for me. I'm sure there are art is therapeutic for some people. It's not for me. I, it's hard work. Um, yeah, so I don't do it to, f- I don't know <laughs> to deal with anything. But I definitely, if I don't do it, I get pretty scratchy. So it's definitely a way of being that, yeah. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I think the, the out, I think there's about 10% of it is the showing the, the 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 shows the um the presentations is about it. I think the making is a big part of it. Mm. Yeah, you have to you have to do it. Otherwise, you're not really breathing. Another good answer. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Elliot. Well, I better let you go because you've got a show to open. Got to go and get ready. Yes, yeah, do some light dusting. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> preparing. Have a have a bit of a. Nana nap in the afternoon. Absolutely, maybe. yep. Thank yeah. you. We'll be doing that. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you tonight. But it's um, it's been such a joy to meet you, Elliot. You too. You are a really <laughs> interesting guy, and um, I think this podcast episode will be so interesting for so many people. I hope so. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, 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 should I ever listen to it again? <laughs> Absolutely. You can just you listen can to push, myself. You can push um, push play and and. Regurgitate yeah. it at your art and say, oh, I see, "Yeah, that's true. I said some. Could, I said some good things. Yeah, yeah, you could do some lip syncing. This Elliot guy sounds quite smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all the best for your show coming up, and uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Mandy. <laughs>